0: Hey, what's up, guys? Your boy, Narufro, here. You already know. And on today's episode, I'm really just going to be ranting about, not so much ranting, but telling you guys why One Piece is amazing and why it has stood the test of time. One Piece started out in 1999. Actually, it was published. The first chapter was published on my birthday, July 1930. So it's not only that, but... Like I said, it stood the test of time. Over 20 years in Shonen Jump manga. The most selling manga all time worldwide. You know what I'm saying? Even though One Piece is heavily loved in Japan. It's not as big, in my opinion, as Naruto or DBZ worldwide. And I really think it's starting to... It's starting to get that snowball effect. Because the depiction on 4Kid's the four kids dub to me wasn't that good you know i re- i started rereading one piece again in the 10th grade the ninth or 10th grade and you know the only reason why i stopped reading it is because you know that stupid high school bullshit is what people are people are judging you for certain things and then i stopped caring and i remember i think it was great 10 to be honest I read from chapter one up to the current chapter at the time, which I believe was, I think it was grade nine, to be honest. Um, I think it was chapter 399. I think it was 399 at the time. And so I, because at my high school, we had a week off in October. So I I said, fuck, man, let me just re-catch up with One Piece, because back in the day, it was very hard to find certain websites to watch it on and/or read, and I didn't know. So, I've been continuously reading One Piece for ten years, but altogether, I want to say I've been reading it fifteen or sixteen years, somewhere, somewhere around those those ages, right? And the story is, for me, it's a it's a typical shonen. In the sense that Luffy wants to be the Pirate King. Which is also similar to to how Naruto wanted to be... No, I'm sorry. One Piece started in 1997, I believe. Not 99. That was Naruto. I'm so sorry about that. So, it's also similar to Naruto where Naruto wants to become Okage. But the Pirate King is a completely different thing. You know, it's... And the way the author, Ichiro Oda, starts out the series, it's a start of a legend. You know, you get the previous Pirate King on his deathbed, about to be executed. You know? And he inspires an entire generation of of pirates to take over the seas. So, in the first saga, I want to say the East Blue Saga of One Piece, we meet Luffy, and we kind of... We kind of understand how he is through... Through his supporting main cast. So... Through Zoro, we see... Well, Luffy's first mate. We see... Which is Zoro, the pirate hunter. Bounty hunter. Whichever you want to call him. We see... Determination and loyalty. Which Luffy has. You know. Because when Luffy first meets Zoro... He he, um, he's, he's tied to a a wooden cross, right, and he's dehydrated and starving because he made a bet with, uh, a marine captain, I believe, or Captain Axan Morgan, yeah, and he made, with his son, Helmepo, he says, he says, if I, Helmepo said, if I could stay here for 11 days without eating, he'll let me go free. Turns out, Helmeppo was lying, and Luffy ends up saving him, and they become, Zoro is added to Luffy's party of... of pirates, right? You know, this is just a brief breakdown of certain characters and why One Piece is amazing, right? So I have to include the characters in order to keep you guys engaged with why One Piece is amazing. Right. Now it starts off a little slow like cuz then we meet our third supporting supporting cast member which is Nami. And Nami's more of a I want to say motherly like sister type to Luffy because she she looks out for him. She she looks out for him in for lack of a better word, you know, or better words. You know, she's not too motherly but because she's only a year older than Luffy, right? But she makes conscious conscious decisions that Luffy wouldn't make. Luffy is borderline a borderline uh, is borderline stupid. You know what I mean? When it comes to fighting, he's a genius, but in everyday things, Luffy is not the smartest, which is fine. Now, let's just say Nami is the common sense that Luffy lacks. That's a better way to put it. And then we have our fourth supporting main main cast member, which is Usopp. Now, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Usopp, but he really brings out he really shows what Luffy's all about in a sense. Luffy's childish. He's only 17 and Usopp's here is the same age, so they can be wild and goofy together. Like, Usopp is Luffy's best friend. You know what I mean? And they can fuck around, do all this kid stuff, and just be wild and goofy together. You know, Usopp's also the sniper. I forgot to mention Luffy. Nami is a navigator, and the best one at that. So, you can kind of see what I was saying, where they all kind of show Luffy's different characteristics through... Through themselves, it's different characters. And... The final... The final member of the Straw Hats... In the East Blue Saga... Is the cook... Our boy Sanji... You know, curly eyebrow and everything... Now... Luffy has a love for food... So he needs a cook... Right? And Sanji's always there cooking food for him... And... It's pretty amazing that... The first hundred chapters is all the East Blue Saga, right, because I did say that One Piece is, for some people, I put my friend onto One Piece, and he said the East Blue Saga to him was kind of slow, and I get it, he didn't read the manga though, so he was watching a bunch of fillers too, so, I suggest read the manga, but a lot of people like watching anime, which, do both, do both, you know, so the East Blue Saga comes to an end, because I don't want to be here all day trying to give you guys all the all the little it's little bits about one piece. This is just an overall why it's a legend and why it's the greatest manga of all time in my opinion. So things really start picking up in the next saga which leads up to Luffy fighting uh under uh a boss. You know, all every the way the author sets sets up his story is You get like a shadowy figure, a you foreshadow the figure who Luffy will eventually fight. So you work through all, you pretty much go through all these mini bosses until the the latter end of the saga where Luffy ends up fighting the boss, which is amazing because a lot of people like the Alabasta arc. I like it too, mainly the fight between and the growth you get. With the characters, like in with Nami in her in her character arc, we saw her flashback. It was amazing. We get to see why she loves money so much, and that she's not truly an evil person. It's just she had to do certain things in or in order to save her town, right? And then we have Usopp's backstory: why, because why he lies so much is because his mother was dying. And he said that pirates are coming because his father is a pirate. Just so it would ease her pain. And then she died. And then he just kept on lying, I guess. I guess as a a self-relieving thing to heal himself. Because his dad wasn't around and his mom died as a kid. Also, we speaking about something we recently found out in the last Dark Whole Cake Island arc. We found out about his past, but like I said, I don't want to do any... this. These are a little bit of spoilers, but I really want you guys to read the manga if you haven't already, and watch the the anime if you haven't already. And obviously the fights get even better, but I want to just take a little step back from talking about the characters and the legend itself. The way Oda, Ichiro Oda, author and creator of One Piece has broken down the way the fights go on in the series. It's not how strong your power is, it's how you use it. Now, that is probably one of the best things he's done in the in the series, because somebody, and the powers, and the way the powers are used in this world is, you can either be just a regular fighter, you have no powers, and you gain strength from training, physical training or you have some sort of you have some sort of fighting style. Like Sanji kicks people, Zoro cuts people, Nami uses science and Usopp uses tactics, right? And Luffy's just a straight up punch punch he hits you with punches and kicks. Real he'll headbutt you. Something, right? Everybody has a different fighting style, but the lore of this world is devil fruits. You know, Luffy ate the Gum Gum No me which is the Gum Gum fruit, which turned his body into rubber. Everything about Luffy is rubbery—his hair, his body, every part of his body, right? So, when you when two devil fruit users go up, it's mainly, yeah. Sure, somebody might have a super powerful devil fruit, let's say uh, the Lava Fruit, right? But it really comes down to how that other per, how that person utilizes their fruit. If one person becomes too heavily dependent on their Devil Fruit, they may lack a, another area, and they might end up losing. So, it's a very comp it's a very complex way of power scaling and using powers in this world because it's not based off of like um, how much energy you can how much energy output you have because it's 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 based off how you use your powers or how you fight it's a lot of tactics based and training with your devil fruit or with your certain style right so i really commend o- Oda for that because it's not so black and white with the fighting like if somebody stronger than you they're going to win. If somebody's smarter at using their devil fruit than you, then they can win, right? Or vice versa. is how the tactics work or if you can surpass your limits with like Zoro or Luffy as well. Like one of the again, if you guys haven't read uh, One Piece this is a little bit of spoil this is a little bit of a spoiler, but when Zoro in the Alabasta arc in his final fight with um Mr. 1 he surpasses his limits because he needs to cut steel. He needs to win this fight in order, in order for the rebellion to s- slow down, right? So he's fighting Mr. One, and Mr. One has the sword sword fruit, which his whole body can turn into blades. He's pretty much a human sword. So his fingers, his arms, his neck, his legs, they can all turn, his feet, they can all turn into some sort of blade. Right, so technically the man of steel. So the entire fight, Zoro is on the losing end, right? And then he gets into the his little his own little headspace and he remembers his teachers his teacher's lessons, right? And what he was saying about about the breath. And a true like I believe it was um a true swordsman could cut what he chooses to cut, and just any run of the mill swordsman can cut can cut and kill but a true swordsman chooses what he wants to cut. So there's a scene where he takes out he takes a deep breath and he he cuts he goes to cut lead, a bunch of a bunch of leaves but they don't cut. So he's living his teacher's lessons right now. And then he just whew, goes to cut some bedrock it splits in two. So he's surpassed his teacher. In the breath lesson, so he finishes as he, as he goes for the final strike against Mister um, One. He does the 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 lion song, I believe it's called in English. The one sword style uh, draw and re and it was a, it was such a big moment. Whether watching the anime or reading it, because that's some crazy shit. Like, what author thinks of the like to such a degree that how a swordsman should be? Like, obviously, Ichiro Oda is Japanese, and Zoro's modeled after samurai, but he's not actually a samurai. He's just a swordsman, right? So, it's it's actually crazy how much Oda does his research and puts real life mythology, real life mythology and folklore into his own story. Because you can see a lot of um a lot of um sorry influence from out from our world and our stories and outer world like the human world stories are put in into his ma- manga and anime. Like I talk to my cousin a lot and he he's really into anime as well and he Not only I say this, but he says it too. So, for me, it must be true. Like, so much of the real world, you can see in one piece. Like, you can see for, like I said, you have to watch the anime and read the manga. Because, if you're a black person, you can see, like I'm black, you can see the similarities between the black people and the fishmen. Or the the mermaid people, but they're called fishmen. There is so much similarities between the two, it is almost unheard of. You know? And then the celestial dragons there are celestial dragons in One Piece, and they were they consider themselves gods above everybody in in the One Piece world. And it's it's crazy because I know I'm kind of all over the place. I was talking about the main cast and But there's so much more to One Piece than than it initially seems, you know, like, when I first started reading One Piece, I was like, oh, cool, a story about pirates, but the way Ichiro Oda has shown our world, and the problems that we go through, like, discrimination, hatred, power-hungry people, people who take advantage of others, like, these themes have been put into the story, and Luffy doesn't think of himself as a hero, he's not... He doesn't want to be a hero. He has hero like tendencies, but at the end of the day, he's a pirate. And in this world, if you're a pirate, you're evil. And once you see how the Straw Hats live and and traverse the seas, they are nothing like the the pirates that we had in our world. They were they're just good people who want to do what they want to do, right? And that's pretty shit. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And it gets to the point where One Piece, anything you think in the beginning of One Piece will definitely blow your mind once you get caught up because I remember reading the story and not thinking much of it as a kid. And now I'm 24 years old. I'm a grown I'm grown now, and there's so many things that have happened in One Piece that I never thought would have happened. Like I never thought I would ever see Luffy fly. Like but the way Oda breaks it down of how he, st- of how Luffy began to fly, it's, it's almost unheard of, it's like, oh my god, like, Oda, like, did you have this figured out from the beginning, like, he must have, he already knows, like, for me, it's just, it's crazy, because every, I can tell you guys, some of my favorite fights off the top of my head, fucking Luffy versus Luchi, Zoro versus Kaku, and, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I'm going to keep on saying it. Like, these are some of the battles where, like, the straw hats are put to the test. Like, can you surpass your limits? It's you, not even can you. You have to, or all your friends are going to die type of thing. It's not like Fairy Tale where. It's not like, like I know I, it seems like I bash on Fairy Tale a lot, but for me, I was reading that series, and then I, I ended up hating it. I've loved One Piece since I was a child, and I'm grown now, and I still love it. And that's what I'm saying. It stood the test of time. So you have to realize that if something goes on for 20 years, there there has to be something. There ha- There is something about it that kept it going this long. And it's not only the adventure and the action. The way Oda puts his... puts little mysteries in each arc, and then... You, that that mystery's found out a bit, found out about, but then he'll put another mystery, like, there's so many, One Piece is, and that's the thing about manga as a whole, I find, like, it's not subjected to just one or two genres, like, especially with Oda, I find, like, he does action, adventure, comedy, fucking mystery, and there's a bunch of others, but, like, those four, I want to say, are most prominent in One Piece, like, there is still, there are still things we don't know, like, we don't know about the ancient kingdom, we don't know about the, the will of D, but everybody's starting to get a, a better idea of it, and one of the, one of the, um, the biggest, the biggest reveals happened last year, where, uh, the five elders of the world bowed down to somebody, said to be, when there's said to be no king of the world, somebody sat down on that throne. It's supposed to be an un... Um, it's supposed to be nobody sits on that throne, but the five elders of the world bow to this person, right? And there's still a, a shadowy figure, like I said, a lot of foreshadow with, with the end villains and stuff like that. And it's crazy because I remember when Kaido was first introduced or we heard of him, it was in Thriller Bark, Now, that was just before the halfway point of One Piece, which is Saba Odi Archipelago. I I said Archipelago for years, so it's Archipelago. And that's the halfway point of One Piece. And it's crazy to think that One Piece is still going strong, and I think it has at least another 10 years of manga. Maybe more. I can't predict it now, but... Honestly, it's just it blows my mind because that one piece is one story, one of the stories that I can't predict what's going to happen next. Which to me means it's an amazing story. If you can't predict what's going to happen next, that means the author is a ge- is at genius levels to me. Like if you can predict what's going to happen next, that means it's a shitty story, right? So Luffy going when he goes up against, uh, the Straw Hats, I should say, like I said, I'm kind of all over the place in this podcast, because I have, just a supreme love for One Piece, so it's kind of like, oh, I, I got to talk about this, and this, and this, right, and this is the general lore about it, like, especially when Luffy goes up against, there's a lot of people who love this arc, it's the NS Lobby arc, right after Water 7, they're two different arcs, but, a lot of people combine them together, which I used to too. So they end up losing, right? Or they end up getting beaten because one of their crew members gets taken taken hostage because that person is uh glo- uh were thought to be a global threat. You know, at this time, Luffy's only 17 years old, right? Strong as hell. He's taken down a warlord. His name is now infamous. He's a. has a hundred million berry. Billion. A hundred million. A hundred million berry. Berry wanted. He's wanted for a hundred million berries. They take away his crewmate. And he's like what? Yo we're getting her back. So him and his crew set sail. On the sea train. I and mean, thing about One Piece. It's a grand adventure. It is so out of this world that it it doesn't need to make sense that's the thing and they sail out and then cuz his crew member they're like oh I'm too dangerous for you guys you'll never see me again all this stuff of why they can't help help this person so then the enemy the enemy's leader which isn't really the the strongest fighter he's just he's just a figurehead in, in a sense I, I can drop his name, Spandam is the, the figurehead, and he's like, oh, you guys are crazy, what are you gonna do, uh, f- uh, declare world on the war- world government, I believe it's 120 or 170 countries, but there are 20 kings in the One Piece world, or said to be 20 kings, um, so then, so then Spandam's like, oh, what are you going to do, declare world, declare war on the world government, and then Luffy's like, are you dumb, of course, he tells his homie, he's like, shoot down the world government flag, right, so then he, his friend does, boom, aka Soga King, you already know, from Sniper Island, <laughs> um, so, can you imagine that, just, like, especially reading that, it's so intense, it's like, this kid, Not even 18. He's not even a man yet. He's still a boy. A boy and his. One sec. Luffy, Zoro, Nami, Usopp, Sanji, Chopper, Frankie. Him and his six friends. Five, technically. But whatever. Him and his six. So the six of them. Just six people. All varying different ages. Declare. Can you imagine? Just take that into consideration for a second. You and your six friends. I don't know who they are, right? I'm trying to think of six friends of mine, but, like, I couldn't even imagine six of my friends or six of us, whatever, seven of us being like, okay, you want to fuck with us? You took away my my homie? You know, we're going to declare war, war. That's like declaring war on the United Nations. Now, now I have no problem with the United Nations. Don't, don't take that out of context. This is just... A similarity that I'm using for the podcast. Alright? That's like declaring war on them. Just you and your friends against the entire world. Right? This is against fucking the Navy, the fucking army, because in One Piece the, the the Navy or the Marines are is technically the army, right? And and the Navy combined together. That's how I see it. And in One Piece, if you if you fly the pirate flag, you are automatically evil, like remember what I said earlier about the straw hats doing whatever they want, and they're not they're not your typical pirates that like pirates of the Caribbean type of pirates. You know what i mean they're more they're more happy go lucky they're heroes, but they don't try to be heroes. you know Luffy's more of a he's all about freedom, right, so he doesn't like to be told what to do and the essence of the pirate king is the freest man on the seas right so his his goal is to be the freest man on the seas right so what i'm just saying is like even now at chapter what's that let's see what i just read the the re- most recent chapter this morning too um chapter 932, 932, that is huge, like, I just, and in the most, I'll do a, uh, a chapter review of 932 in the next episode, but, like, my god, man, it is just crazy that the the series has been going on this long, and it's still, and it's still amazing, like, look how many One Piece YouTubers are, there are, like, or anime YouTuber, I'll do another episode of that too, but honestly, it just, it's mind-blowing, man, like, the show is bigger than you think, you know, so before you hate on it, give it a chance, you know, thanks for listening, this is Narufro. have a nice day, I'm out, later.